Pipe Network presents. On this episode of Season 4, Let's Talk. But I think the most important thing to think about when you start a story is the conflict. Because that's why people go to read fiction or go to movies. They go to see what the, what the problem is and then how the problem will eventually be resolved by the, the main character. And so for me, my fiction, my narratives tend to start with a conflict. And then from there, everything else kind of springs forth. So I guess conflict is the answer. Before we get into this episode, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to whichever platform you are using. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on TikTok at The Rajiv Show. Hey folks, welcome back to The Rajiv Show and I'm your host Rajiv Doreswami. And this show aims to help reach out to those who are currently struggling in life and to remind you that life is indeed beautiful when you're inspired to make it your own. Hey folks, welcome back to The Rajiv Show and uh, this time we're going international and we're heading over to Taiwan. My guest today is an author, phenomenal author and uh, and he's just an all-around amazing guy. Todd Sullivan, how are you doing, pal? I'm doing very well this morning. How are you doing today? Doing good, doing good, doing good. Anyway, could you give my listeners a little bit of background aside from, of course, what I mentioned? about you so i'm originally from america uh i was in america up until i was about 31 years old and that's right after i graduated from what got my master's degree and then i moved out to asia and i was in korea for 10 years and i've been in taiwan taipei taiwan for one year so i've been in this part of the world for about 11 years altogether. wow that's that's really cool uh an Asian experience, Eastern experience. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, you know, I before I came here, I was actually in Tokyo for about three weeks, uh, Japan and Tokyo for three weeks, doing my master's program. So that was really my first experience in this part of the world. But yeah, I really enjoyed the past decade that I've been out here. Wow. that That's an experience in itself. Wow, I wish I could get to travel like that as well. <laughs> school So in high school, I wasn't in the, well, it depends on what class you're talking about because, you know, I had strengths in some class and weaknesses in other. So we were in the math class or science class. I would probably be not very talkative and very quiet because math and science, unfortunately, are my weaknesses or two of my weaknesses when it comes to study. Uh-huh. But we were in the, the Catholic high school. Uh-huh. And so we were in the theology class. Actually, I would be probably uh, one of the more, t- I would probably be the more talkative person in class, in the theology class or the English literature class. Mm. Because in the theology class with the priests, I would ask a ton of questions. 
Uh, so then I was really talkative. And then the literature class, I would ask a lot of questions. So it really just depended on what class we're actually in, how, which, I guess, which personality I would reveal or show. That's, that's an interesting opening itself. And um, uh, you, you mentioned uh, Singh, uh, you've traveled a lot. I gotta ask, what was the feeling, you know, transitioning wise? from from western countries to eastern countries how was the feeling like it was uh it was fantastic i mean i really love tokyo tokyo is i've only like i said i went there three weeks for a class and then i went there again for one week for vacation hmm. but it's a fantastic place there's something about tokyo and japan itself but tokyo which is very unique it's very charismatic. It's something that engages people because a lot of people from around the world really want to visit Tokyo. That's one of their their goals is to visit Japan at some point. And it's a fantastic place. It's very different. The vending machines are different. The city is built in a different way. The people are different. It's just a very fun place. But yeah, I mean, so that, but it is a very big difference between the um, Western American and uh, Japan. This place is here in general. Uh, there's a really big difference between them. To follow up with that, what is the that hook that got you to Japan? You know, because from from our standpoint here in 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 the Philippines, mostly manga influence is one of the biggest things here that's going around. You know, people love anime and manga as as a source of entertainment. You know, especially the young guys, and. Um, that that's the source to Japanese culture from from here from from the Philippines. What is your source that got you there? Uh, if, if I may ask. The same thing, manga, uh, anime. Uh, when I was living in America, like in uh, the first anime movie I ever saw was Akira, and I saw that when I was in probably either elementary school or high school. It's very old, Akira. and I loved it. And wait, is this the Akira? Akira. Uh, Armageddon Akira anime, I think. With the motorcycles, the guys in the motorcycles, and um, like the, I think we're talking about the same thing. I think there's only one, uh, maybe there's more than one, but Akira with the motorcycles, the motorcycle games after the nuclear bomb goes up in Tokyo. Yeah. Are we talking about the same thing? I think so. Okay, yeah. Then that's I, I think because my, my knowledge of it is Armageddon, that was the first thing that hit me in the head. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, a nuclear bomb happens, then afterwards, there's a, you know, it's kind of like a science fiction fantasy type deal, yeah, yeah. and there is a the world type feel to it, so I, I think we are talking about the same thing, yes. Huh. Wow, Akira, that's, uh, <laughs> that's an interesting one. Have you seen any, uh, what are your thoughts about the latest uh, anime manga stuff? I mean, the quality, I think things are changing now with the digitalized quality of production in anime and manga series? I mean, the thing is that I love it. That I'm a big fan of um, Naruto, Dragon Ball Z, um, Attack on Titan. Um, like, the animes, I simply love it. So I don't really know if... Like, I don't know if there's a big change. I guess there's a big change. I hadn't really thought about it that way. Uh, but just in general, I can watch uh, animes for, like, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks like a single like binge on a single uh like title or whatever 
So I, I personally love it. I don't really, if there is a big change, I haven't really been noticed that, I suppose. For me, when when I was introduced to, to anime and manga, it, it got me to, uh, I think the first, the first few anime stuff that I used to watch, I think was the Ghost Fighter, uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. I, I'm, I'm sure you 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 know it, it came to your passing, uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, and um, I was introduced to it, and uh, then I noticed the quality. One was the quality of the the animation, especially as an artist. Um, you know, it used to be traditional, and you know you could actually see the through the animation to the character to the story that um, it's hand drawn, and you know it's like the old school. Uh, uh, old school cartoon Walt Disney kind of thing uh, where it's hand-drawn and handmade and then it was just rendered into you know animated and now with the current ones that I, I'm seeing uh, I think the last latest uh, one that I saw was um, uh, this this uh, All Might I forgot the name uh, Academy uh, uh, <laughs> it's it's a very funny, very funny, cool uh, kid who wanted to be a hero. I don't know if you know the story though. I, it's by the back of my mind. Um, it's an academy, My Hero Academia. Yeah, I, I'm sure you you know this one. I actually I haven't heard of that one. I haven't heard of that one. But as I think of your of your question now. Uh, oh. I see what you're saying. Like, there's definitely been a, a shift between Akira, which looked a certain way, and then, yeah. you know, the newest, like, I'm a Dragon Ball Z fan, or Dragon Ball fan, like, the newest, yeah. the newest animes. But, you know, the funny thing is that you say you're an artist. Yeah. On my end, honestly, as, as a writer, it's the story and characters that more interest me. Yeah. And so, for me, like, the reason why I love Attack on Titan is because it's a fantastic story. Like, Attack, I don't know if your audience, are, are you familiar with Attack on Titan? Yeah, I, I've heard about it in passing. It's uh, uh, it, it's an interesting one. It's a huge, the monsters. I think it has to do with monsters. I haven't delved into it yet, but I'm 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 well aware of this. The summary of it uh, are the rough. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's these giants who are attacking humans, but it's it's you know it's the human story of these people who are in these terrible terrible conditions. It could not be worse. It really could not be a worse condition. But it's just a story of how these people keep rising up to the challenge. Like that's basically for me the idea of the story. Like how these people rise up, these small little humans rise up to fight these giants, and it's a very fantastic story. So on my end, it's not so much the the actual drawing or the animation itself that captures me so much about anime. It's really the story and the characters. And so I just haven't really noticed that whole digital thing. I guess the, the, yeah. the difference between the digital. And then the old style drawing. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, this is an interesting point of view. I gotta ask, when when you got into writing stories and stuff like that, was your first inspiration anime? No. Uh, again, we're, we're probably we're pretty different in age. But my first uh, inspiration was books. <laughs> it's just books, the huh? books that were in my house, the books in the library. Uh, you know, that was my inspiration for writing. It wasn't. It definitely wasn't anything on the screen or anything. Oh, interesting. What was the? May I ask? What was the first book that got you hooked into a thing? Uh, do you have a story behind that as well? 
I don't know. If, I don't know. Like you know, it's I've read so many books, but I think if you think of Raw Doll, and I think even today, Raw Doll, his books, the BFG, mm. um, Matilda, uh, the Witches, like these books are popular still in different places around the world. So probably in the Philippines also, you may mm. know. But I think Raw Doll was one of the first authors who I thought, wow, I would like to be like him one day. And so it would probably be, I guess, to give an answer to that, maybe him. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Uh, the one, I, I think I remember reading a book about him as well. Uh, I think Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is the one that caught my eye with. Right. Uh, and uh, yeah. With the movies, I'm more on the visual stuff. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I agree right. with the age. Uh, I think the age, uh, li- literally, uh, the the books started becoming manifested into movies uh, at uh, at my transition point. But yeah, <laughs> it's a fun it's a fun journey being artist. Um, when when you come up with your stories, and I, I want to. De- take a deep dive deep dive into the mind of uh, a writer if you don't mind uh, my my, my question fine. my question I gotta ask is when, when you get into storytelling and stuff like that um, of course the most common thing is um, uh, writer's block how do you get over a writer's block when you start you know a first page a first draft or something when you, you start your first story so I've been taught by a lot of different uh, teachers and a lot of established authors over over the last 20 or so years. Hmm. And one of them was a woman named Jacqueline Woodson, who writes uh, a lot of YA fiction. Hmm. And she uh, she first taught me when I was like maybe 19 years old, so it's been about 20, 21 years. Hmm. And she was saying there's no such thing as writer's block, which was kind of counterintuitive at the time. But what she was saying is that really there are always there's always narratives around you like everything can be spun into a narrative if you just uh if you just look at it in the right way hmm. like for instance if you if you right now if i couldn't really think of something to write about which doesn't really happen but if i couldn't think of something to write about hmm. but this was this between us right now like us trying to hook up and us trying to have this podcast that is a narrative that can be a story that can be spun out into like a short story or something like that so everything that happens to you is potentially a narrative and everyone who you come in contact with is a character. So the different aspects of you as I talk to you that can choose to uh, build a character upon. And so there's there's no such thing, to me there's no such thing as rise block. You just use the world around you and as long as you're doing that, uh, you should always have something to write about. So I'm not really a big fan of the whole, of people who say they have rise block. There's always something to write about. I like this approach. This is really an interesting approach. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Uh, wow, that that's that's interesting. Uh, and to follow up with that is, uh, I, I'm sure this, uh, I I don't know if you get this question a lot. Is that when you come up with an idea and then you build it up, what is the first thing that comes into uh, comes into your mind? Is it the character? Is it the uh, environment or is it a story that you've taken from your you mentioned it's a story that you've taken from your life which one comes first when it comes to building that narrative starting from point A and then building that story 
It does change depending on the situation, but I think the most important thing to think about when you saw a story is the conflict. Because that's why people go to read fiction or go to movies. They go to see what the what the problem is and then how the problem will eventually be resolved by the, the main character. And so for me, my fiction, my narratives tend to start with a conflict. And then from there, everything else kind of springs forth. So I guess conflict is the answer. Hmm. Wow, this, this I, I'm learning a lot. I mean, I'm I'm always been fascinated with the uh, uh, writing and reading. And um, for me, uh, lately, the book that I've read that that really caught my attention is uh, The Godfather. I'm sure you know this, uh, Mario Puzo. I do. Yeah. And uh, the the funny thing about Mario Puzo is I don't know. There's this thing I'm I'm so obsessed. Ever since I saw the first Godfather movie, I've been so obsessed, and I think I've seen it five or six times, and uh, it's been my obsession ever since. And then when I got my hands over the book, I read. I spent hours and hours reading, and I mean the characters are just. It, it, I, I do agree with the 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 thing is something about literary that really catches your eye and builds. And uh, it's really interesting and fascinating. <laughs> and I don't know. I, from then on out, I started collecting a lot of mafia books, uh, especially the Mario Puzo collectives. I don't know. There's so so much uh, stuff to learn. <laughs> and yeah, it's interesting. Um, uh, could you take us back to uh, a, uh, I, this this one question that I've always wanted to ask? Could you take us back to the time when you first got your first book, and um, what was the emotions running through your thing, through your mind when you when you read your first book? Do you mean the first first book that I got published, or the first book that I, I read? Which which the one? The first book that you read that got you into. Uh, getting got you into reading and writing basically okay well it's you know it's, it's been so long uh so i guess my emotion of reading like let's just say raw doll again you know it, i think the first books were probably like dr zeus because of course you start off with very young books but it's just been such mm. a long time mm. i mean what gets me into it is the fact that i get to for some moments forget about the world itself i mean books for me were always a way to escape like mm. escapism and so mm. when you're in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you are Charlie walking through the Chocolate Factory with all these amazing things happening. Mm. Uh, same thing with BFG. I mean, you become part of the character themselves. And you see the world through different eyes. And I think that was always the big draw for me, being able to see, you know, because the authors, you see the world through the author's eyes, and then you also see the world through the characters, through the author's character's eyes. And so it's just being able to expand your own horizons, which always captivated me as a young person hmm. this is this is some interesting stuff interesting stuff um before we uh before we continue this conversation i think we have a let's let's get into a short break and uh we have a lot of interesting stuff i i really love to pick your brains with a lot of writing stuff i hope you don't mind anyway we'll have a short break and then we'll be right back Sandy, Sandy, Sandy. Tara na, wag na kunta tayo. Okay, sige. Pia.
This is 480 TV Pod. The 482nd TV After Show Podcast. This season, we are going to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Tune in every Sundays wherever you get your podcast. 480 TV Pod. From Pipe Network. Hey folks, welcome back uh, to the Rajiv Show. And my guest is Todd Sullivan, a writer, a phenomenal writer, and also a phenomenal conversationalist. And I'm learning a lot about uh, writing. Uh, and coming back into the conversation, we've been talking about writing inspiration and stuff like that. Uh, I don't want to be spoilery when it comes to your novels and your writing, but do you have a lot of influence of Asian traditions when it comes to your novels and your creations? Well, all the published stuff is uh, everything I've gotten published so far has taken place in uh, South Korea. So hmm. yeah, I mean that's that was definitely the the influence of it. The characters themselves are almost all Korean. I would say like ninety five percent of them are Korean. Huh. So yeah, I mean the the culture there, the the people there, it all has a significant uh, influence upon the way the novels were were written. And uh, I, I'm sure research must must be tough when when it comes to creating these characters. No, because the great thing, I mean, research. I do do a lot of research, but the great thing about living in the country is that the research is right in front of me at all times. I mean, mm. I walk past. Very old villages in, uh, wow. in South Korea, in the rural countryside, huh. and I'm on the beach. I see the boats coming in, so the, like the the world itself is around me at all times. I was there for ten years. Language? How how long did it take for you to adapt to the language? Well, that was a long time. Uh, I was there for ten years. First five years, I knew probably less than ten words in Korean. Uh, but then I, my fifth, my fifth, sixth, and seventh year, I went to a Korean university to study the language, hmm. and so I started to get better at it. Uh, I started to learn more, like the foundations of grammar. Hmm. Funny enough, it wasn't until I went to I taught at a kindergarten hmm. that I actually became better at speaking and listening to Korean because when you speak to adults, hmm. they speak like we're speaking now, which is pretty fast and complicated. But when you speak yeah. to a five, six, and seven year old. They speak very slow, and so I was able to practice my Korean with them, and actually improved quite a bit in that year teaching the kindergarten. Hmm. But yeah, my Korean right now is pretty, it's just functional. It's not really conversational, but it's functional. Hmm. And in Taiwan, how about Taiwan? Uh, uh, how was the feeling in Taiwan? What was the learning curve when it comes to language? I don't know any Mandarin. I know the numbers. Um, like I, I took a class, a couple of classes, but. I didn't really have time, and so I still, yeah, I only know the numbers uh, for Mandarin. I don't really know any Chinese. Oh yeah, before I forget, I'm sure our listeners are inspiring writers as well. Do you have any thoughts and advices for them? So, besides the things about um, like uh, focusing on conflict, when you write a story. Always try to make the first line, the first paragraph, the first page as good as possible. I think that's what you work on, probably the most. Because if you have a good foundation, this is basically anything in life. But you have a good foundation, the rest of the things uh, will be much stronger as you continue to build up. But your foundation is pretty weak, then it's actually gonna not be as strong. 
So really concentrate on the first sentence, concentrate on the first paragraph, concentrate on the first page a lot and just go from there. Awesome, awesome. Man, you are really an awesome conversationalist coming from coming from thing. I'm a big fan right now as as we speak. I am literally a big fan of what you're doing and uh I I like to say that there's more power to you and your your creations. Uh I love I love uh, learning. I love learning from from you. And um as a as an inspiration to me you've inspired me a lot in this conversation i got to ask who is your greatest motivator a- aside from aside from writing if if your motivator is a writer who is your greatest motivator that keeps you going as a writer and as an artist you know the i guess the simplest answer is trying to balance uh just regular life with also uh a creative life mm. and that involves the finances so that's a large part of, of what yeah. motivates me always trying to you know make sure i can continue because you know being creative is one thing but being mm. creative and being able to like live and pay rent and pay food and all these kind of things that's actually something different yeah so i think that's really a big motivator just being able to continue to uh write and uh you know do the different things that I do but still be able to maintain a certain lifestyle i think that's probably a very big motivating factor for me i mean i'm i'm impressed with the fact that you you're you've traveled and you've experienced a lot of cultures and you know you you become this uh, kind of like melting pot of creative ideas you know there i uh and i think that's that's one thing in an experience that uh is interesting in its way um and it's powerful i think <laughs> especially traveling to other countries that's i think my experience in india and i think i've mentioned this is that it's it's a phenomenal feeling because one is that culture shock and that adaptive uh, mindset is the the challenging portion especially the first 30 days i think or the first month is going to be the toughest one which is really uh, is hard <laughs> and uh, yeah and I, i i really admire the fact that uh, throughout the years you've spent your it, it, the way i i well, in our previous conversation I'm, I've noticed that you've been really, really deeply motivated by the fact that you you had a goal in mind, and and then and you are here being a legend, you know, in your own field, <laughs> and you are creating worlds that is it, it's more like living the dream and living the life, and then exploring other other things around it, you know, and work working around it. It's really uh, an inspiring thing. If I may ask, any story that you have in mind that you turned—if you have a story, a personal story that you could still remember—do you have? A, is there a personal story that you that that was a part of your life that you converted it into a, a book, a novel? If you don't mind indulging us with any stories that you you have. 
Well, I mean, the most recent thing that I'm working on is actually a web series. I'm writing a web series with a group of uh, actors and directors and uh, musicians here in Taipei, Taiwan. Mm. And that's called For the God's Open Eyes. And the concept of it is that we are basing it, it's a superhero uh, web series that's based on African ideology and philosophy. And so there's a guy who came up with the African, he's from Africa, and he's the one uh, who came up, who has the, I guess, the African aspect of it. But I came up with the narrative and the plot and the characters. Mm. And the the narrative comes from my first job here in Taipei, mm. because it was actually a pretty uh, difficult job. The, the boss there was a difficult boss. And sure enough, I used that kind of uh, negative experience, because it was quite a negative experience, actually. Uh, as a, as the as the basis for the conflict and the the web series itself. So she, my former boss, is like the antagonist of the bad guy in this web series, and then it just shows how she affects the people around her. So, I mean, that's as that's the most recent example of using something that was kind of a direct experience and then transform it into some kind of art or creative process. Wow, I like that. That's. Turning negative into positive, that's really creative. Wow. I don't want to be spoilery, but that looks that looks fascinating in itself. I hope you didn't spoil the entire book. It was just the opening. It was really fascinating. Uh, I'm I'm excited to hopefully one day get the book and start reading it. It's fascinating. <laughs> more power, well, more power. Series, so it's yeah, it's actually available online. So yeah, definitely everyone can go out and watch it and let me know what they think. Um, you know, it's a group of us here working on it here in Taipei. But yeah, it's just a web series. So it's not really a book. It's actually on on, on film, I suppose. Oh, wow. That's that's especially... Vi- okay, that's, now that's that's fascinating. Now I think... I hope... Uh, I think I'll put a link in the description on this uh, this web series. I'm, I'm interested and I'm excited. Well, I'm, I'm so proud and I'm... As a fan, I am so proud and hopefully <laughs> I get a copy of some of your books with your signature on it that that'd be fun <laughs> yeah hopefully once this uh, pandemic blows over um, before before we uh, go off um, if if my listeners would want to connect with you via social media how do they find you on social media pal Probably the easiest way is Facebook, just under my name, Todd Sullivan. Uh, Instagram, I believe the handle is Denevius, D-E-N-E-V-I-U-S. Same thing with Twitter. But, you know, I'm, I'm probably most active on Facebook and Instagram. So those are probably the easiest ways to connect with me. So I'm also on Patreon. The, the web series is on Patreon, and that's for the gods, open eyes. So if you just do a Google search for that, you'll be able to find it. Uh, the books are available... The easiest place is Amazon for different places in the world or your Amazon equivalent because like Korea, Japan, Taiwan, I'm sure Philippines all have their Amazon or, you know, the internet store equivalent. So that would probably be the easiest way to get the book, either through Amazon or your Amazon equivalent in whatever country you're in. Mm. But yeah, those are the easiest places. So just Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Patreon, or Amazon. Those are the easiest places to get in contact with me or see the stuff I've been creating. Awesome, awesome. Uh, I want to say thank you again, Todd Sullivan. I mean, I, this has been an education. Uh, I've learned a lot. Uh, this is an uh, amazing experience. 
and uh, more power to you and your future projects. Uh, I, as a fan, I am proud of you, and I hope I hope you come down to the Philippines and you know hopefully enjoy a little bit of our culture as well. You know because our culture is also one one amazing thing, and you know learning more about <laughs> Philippines is also a fascinating thing. Who knows? You might write a story. Uh, I want to say thank you. Thank you for being a being a guest on my show, and uh, hopefully, uh, I'd, I'd hear from you soon in the coming seasons, if if there will be a coming season. And um, thank you, thank you for being a guest in my show. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed the conversation. I'm glad we finally did manage to connect. It was really fun, actually. So yeah. thank you so much for having me on. And for those who are listening, I hope you learned a thing or two with this conversation. And cheers, folks. I'll see you in the next episode.